And welcome to the Cake and Polka Parade podcast on WFMU.org. I am your frigid flop of a host, Fatty Jubbo. In the next hour, I will be stripping you of your clothing and fondling your genitalia. I will also be playing some very delightful music. As for your genitalia, I am curious as to the last time you actually washed it. Because I can only smell it, I can't seem to get a good look at it because your massive belly flops over it. Do you remember that one time I had to excavate your genitalia with a pair of salad tongs? I had accidentally dropped a quarter near your buttocks and it was immediately consumed by your pendulous undercarriage. I needed to buy a 40 of King Cobra from the liquor store around the corner and I was suddenly a quarter short. You just stared at the ceiling with an idiotic smile on your face. I asked you nicely to return my quarter and you just let out a slight giggle that forced you into a coughing fit, bringing up a ball of brown phlegm that swayed on your greasy and plump lower lip. What was I to do? Our relationship at that point was a little complicated. It was around the time we were still living together in our tiny one-room apartment. You had recently broken up with me to go out with Jerry, the guy from across the street that was really into motorcycles. He was always out on the street tuning up his Harley, his skin coated in grease accentuating his fine musculature, his fingers blackened with motor oil, deftly clenching a wrench. I knew that our relationship was going sour when I would find you slumped against the windowsill, staring at him. Knowing that you were ogling him, he would mount his motorcycle and rev it, lifting his ass in a humping motion. You would place your oversized tits on the windowsill and make little kissy noises. You didn't care if I walked in on this adulterous courtship. It would go on through the night and I would have to cover my ears to block out the incessant noise of his motorcycle. Only... When I would dismount you from the sill, would it finally end? But in retrospect, I should have known better. You are a simple creature, and it wasn't your fault that you were attracted to the deafening mating call of the revving motorcycle. Also, I should have known that you were unable to move your overwhelming mass once you had maneuvered it onto the windowsill. 
I am the one that let our relationship fall apart. And for that, I am deeply sorry. I let it get out of hand, and before I knew it, Jerry the Motorcycle Man was in our tiny apartment, fucking you from behind as you were slumped over the windowsill. I wanted nothing to do with it. I would pull myself into a corner of the room and put my pillow over my head, blocking out the sights and sounds. I would cry myself to sleep over our crumbling relationship. Waking up in the morning, Jerry the Motorcycle Man was gone, abandoning you against the windowsill, his motor oil still dripping out of your backside. But a man like me has needs, even if he is being cuckolded. It had been weeks since we had made love, and I could not hold it in any longer. That evening, when I came home from a hard day's work at Arby's, I needed some much-deserved cuddling. I had a bad day. The manager humiliated me in front of customers that were old high school classmates. It was bad enough having to take their orders in my silly uniform as they held back giggles and took pictures of me on their fancy cell phones, but the manager had to come over and inform them of our domestic problems. I was fuming, turning beet red, and all I can do was stare down at the cash register button for the ultimate Angus roast beef three cheese and bacon sandwich. My former classmates started laughing with big loud guffaws. They were always big stupid idiots, football types who now had good paying jobs, houses, cars, electronic gadgets, wives and children. Everything I wish I had that I should have had everything that I had sacrificed for you. I graduated at the top of my class and I was on my way to becoming very successful, but you were always the albatross that always brought me down, reduced me to living in a shabby one-room apartment with a broken toilet and a refrigerator that made too much noise. And here I was, holding my anger in as a group of jerk with a combined IQ of 70 laughed in my face. I wanted to splash boiling french fry oil on their expensive clothes, smash a french dip and Swiss sandwich in their stupid faces, fuck their dumb bobble-headed wives, and slit the throats of their dull and slow-witted children. But really, I know my limitations. I am a scrawny little man with fists the size of acorns and a musculature of a prepubescent girl. When they were finished laughing and having a good time, I took their orders. The manager then made a special show of commanding me to clean the bathroom and then slapping the hat off of my head. I meekly retreated and cleaned the toilet bowl rims with the flow of my never-ending tears.
As I was scrubbing the toilets in the ladies' room, I found a pubic hair stuck to a toilet seat. I tried to scrub it off, but it seemed to be shellacked in some sort of gelatin that emitted a whiff of rotten eggs each time I tried to wipe it away. I was on my knees, huffing and puffing, ferociously wiping with futile effort, when a woman walked in. I quickly stood up and made a quick exit, but I accidentally tripped over the garbage can. There was a loud clatter and my head banged against the bathroom tile. The woman, startled at my presence, started to hysterically scream. Blood was spurting from my head and each effort I made to pick myself up was thwarted by the floor slippery with my blood. I smashed my head repeatedly. I must have looked like a tangled mass of blood flopping around, paper towels and tampon wrappers sticking to my body. Apparently, the woman who had fled in horror was the wife of one of my old classmates. She had brought him back to the bathroom, claiming I was peeping on her. The classmate started to pummel me. Through the streams of blood flowing down my face, I could make out that it was Danny Ciccatelli, the high school football team's quarterback. And I realized the same scenario happened 20 years ago. We were in the locker room after gym class and I was changing out of my sweat-soaked clothes. How they were sweaty, I don't know because I don't remember actually ever participating in gym class except for sitting on the sidelines. You see, I was much too good for gym class. It was brains over brawn for me, except none of those dummies understood they had a genius in their presence. What a terrible idea it was to put my brains, my brilliant brains in harm's way. Anyway, to get back to the story, Danny Ciccatelli thought it would be funny to push me into a locker as I was changing my shorts. My head bounced off the locker and I tumbled to the ground, my legs tangled in my shorts and underwear. Of course, the entire locker room erupted in a cacophony of laughter as I tried to pick myself up. It was humiliating, my private parts were exposed, and my head, it hurt. I was mad, I was fuming, and in my life's only act of reckless behavior, I jumped on Danny Chickatelli's back as he was giving out high fives. I wrapped my forearm around his neck and started to choke him, and the locker room became even more noisy with laughter. My shorts were still down around my ankles, and I could feel my little ding-dong against Danny Chickatelli's tight ass. It might have slipped between his butt cheeks and tickled the downy hairs on his asshole as I was struggling to keep a stranglehold on his neck. Without much effort, Danny Ciccatelli flipped me off his back and I went flying into the lockers. Fists soon pummeled my face. So you must understand how beaten down I was and how I needed you to caress my head and tell me what a big and special man I am. That I'm really, really smart and virile and powerful. You 
were still slumped against a window when I came home. Your mouth was attached to the sill by a cobweb of drool that was suspended from your quivering, juicy mouth. Your ass was undulating, half-submerged in a warm puddle of Jerry the Motorcycle Man's motor oil. Each movement of your buttocks created waves that slowly forced the oil farther out into the apartment where it splashed against my prized comic book collection. I knew what transpired in the apartment while I was hard at work, but I did not care. I needed you. I quickly stripped off my Arby's uniform and fluffed myself by gently massaging the tip of my penis with my Arby's hat. I pulled your corpulent mass from the windowsill, leaving a trail of mucus tangled in thick ropes. I placed you on the floor, still slippery with Jerry the Motorcycle Man's motor oil, and yanked off your underpants. I had bought them for you at the dollar store for our one-year anniversary. They were made of a sensual polyester cotton blend, bedazzled with a pattern of hearts and trimmed with a sexy lace around the waistband. Unfortunately, Jerry the Motorcycle Man had repeatedly soiled these underpants, the symbol of our love, reducing them to an unidentifiable membrane of dark slime. I quickly threw them to the side and they hit the wall with a wet splat, leaving a dark stain as they slid to the floor. I wondered if I could wash the stain because the landlord was probably going to dock our security deposit for damages. When a wall is stained with something so oily, it is often impossible to paint over it. The stain just keeps reappearing. But I suppose it didn't really matter since our entire floor was covered in Jerry the Motorcycle Man's motor oil. Weeks of his constant deposits had made the floorboards buckle and some portions were already rotten through. Some of Jerry the Motorcycle Man's motor oil had coagulated over your crotch opening and I desperately tried to break the seal. Through all of this effort, my little penis started losing its strength and I had to alternate between my unplugging efforts and the fluffing of my ding-dong with my Arby's hat. My Arby's hat was soon coated with Jerry the Motorcycle Man's motor oil and I wondered how I was going to explain this to the manager. He was probably going to fire me for coming in with such a dirty hat and for besmirching the Arby's brand. I became very worried and I became flaccid. Unplugging the cork on your crotch opening then became more of a mission of will and strength rather than an amorous pursuit. I finally used a toilet plunger and with much effort, the plug popped out with violent force and with it came a cascade of gold coins. They piled up between your legs with deafening metallic clanging. It was an unbelievable sight. We were rich. I could quit my job at Arby's. We could move into a bigger apartment. I could buy a luxury convertible car and drive you around town showing you off with the top down. I always wanted to be the man you wanted me to be, and now I could with the riches that glimmered between your beefy thighs.
But where did these gold coins come from? It was obvious that Jerry the Motorcycle Man was only using you as a repository for his stolen booty. You can never trust a man who rides a motorcycle. They are always bad apples, always up to no good. And in Jerry the Motorcycle Man's case, my suspicions were correct. He didn't love you. He was just using you. You showed absolutely no emotion about this, but I understood you were being strong, fighting back the wave of emotion that was welling up. But none of it mattered. We were now rich, thanks to Jerry the Motorcycle Man. I scooped up a pile of coins and dumped them in plastic grocery bags. I was going to buy you the prettiest dress. On my way out, I spied Jerry the Motorcycle Man working on his Harley. I hid the grocery bags under my shirt as I crept by, laughing inside. I sauntered to the subway, my destination, Fashion Bug Plus Downtown, the most glamorous clothing store. I remember you commented that you thought their fall fashion line was marvelous. I was going to be the man you always wanted me to be. Thank you. 
Do it with sheep. They'll eat and do it. 
rentrera tout autant Regarde-moi T'as vu WFMU.org with me, your host, Fatty Jebo, here on the Cake and Polka Parade podcast. I played you some very exciting music, as I always do on this very podcast. Always exciting, always exhilarating music that I bombard your ears with. This particular bombardment Ended with Albert Mercure with two tapes dropped for it from the self-titled Albert Mercure LP. Before that, a 7-inch by the Anemic Boyfriends. And a track called Guys Are Not Proud. Preceding that, yet another 7-inch from Prefix, doing a song called Ectomorphine. And before that, Damage. Some weirdo punk rock band who used synthesizers from Florida in the early 80s. They did a nifty little song called Jock Mentality. That, too, was from a 7-inch. And then before that, Naked City. Not the John Zorn Naked City. These guys were from San Francisco. Early 80s. It was from a compilation called Club Foot. Bands that revolved around Club Foot, a club in San Francisco. Naked City did a song called Atomic Age. 
Before that, Boba Fett and the Americans doing It's Tricky from Live at True Blue in Denver, Colorado. And this set of the Cake and Polka Parade podcast started with Bodo Ranke with Dracula number six from the Dracula LP. I must remind you, I must shout at the top of my lungs that we were having a silent, very quiet fundraising marathon. I shouldn't even be mentioning it because it is silent! But I mentioned it. So if you wanna if you wanna save the greatest radio station in the world, go to WFMU.org slash FJ. I think that's what it is. My playlist. You'll see a little a little widget at the top there. And I would love you forever if you showed your support to this show, to this very wonderful radio show. Is this a radio show? No, it's a podcast. Okay, it's a podcast. I'm 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 down on the the rungs of 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 FMU personalities. So I I, I really need your help here. I really need uh, I I really need some affirmation of my existence, of my place on WFMU. Please help me. Please help me. Please help me reach my goal. <laughs> Please help me. And that's all the music you're going to hear this week. What I want you to do in addition to pledging silently, I didn't say anything. You just found it upon yourself to pledge. All right, I didn't say anything. Forget I said it. But what I want you to do now is to sit where you are sitting right now. Sit your big fat fucking ass down in that fucking chair and stay there for two weeks. For two weeks because that's the time that yet another Cake and Polka Parade podcast will be caressing your greasy ears. Don't you ever wash your fucking ears. The Cake and Polka Parade Podcast. Two weeks. Sit there. If you don't, you don't want to know the consequences. Thank you. Goodbye.